Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Talking USMLE podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. If this is your first time visiting, let me take this opportunity to welcome you to the show. Whether you're in pre-med, med school, or you're just looking for some tips on productivity, inspiration, motivation, and becoming successful, you're in the right place. Before we dive in, please do me a huge favor and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a rating. Five stars if you're enjoying the show. Let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in to today's episode. First of all, if you want to get into a competitive specialty, you have to understand that there's a variety of factors that go into a solid candidate. Yes. USMLE scores are just one of them. Step one's one, step two's one. There's also a category for research experiences, presentations, posters. There are uh, categories for volunteer work and work experience. So if you consider, if you go to aamc.org, you can see the average number of USMLE step one, step two CK scores, average number of research experiences, work experiences, presentations, volunteer work for every single one of the major residency types, uh, family, IM, anesthesia, whatever it may be. Now, if you, if you recognize that the average anesthesia resident has, let's say, a step one and a step two CK score of 230, but they also on average have five research experiences, have three work experiences, have 15 volunteer experiences, and you're going in with zero, I don't care how good your USMLE scores, all of a sudden you dip significantly as far as your well-roundedness. So you can't look at, at you know, I have no research as, eh, it's okay, I'll just put in my lab work. That's kind of irrelevant to anesthesia. It doesn't always have to be anesthesia, but you know, you say you have this attitude where I'm gonna list it, it's better than nothing. If you have a it's better than nothing attitude you're probably not going to position yourself very strongly to match into a top 30 program. You know, everyone would like to, you know, do as little as possible and get into a top 30 program. But let me tell you, the people getting into top 30 programs have great scores, tons of research, lots of work experience, lots of uh, volunteer experience, lots of presentations. You need to get these things up in order to make yourself a strong candidate. Now, if you have no research, but they want to see research, it could be a red flag. If you've done zero volunteer work, that could be a red flag. Ultimately, I look at a candidate who's applying a residency when we're talking with our residency roadmap students. The reason why we're so successful with this program is because we look at our students from the well-roundedness perspective. I, I do care how strong your scores are, but I also want to see what you've done in research, your volunteer work, your work experiences. And we want to build all of those categories so that you become more well-rounded. Because if you just have a lot of, let's say, great scores, but nothing else, you're not well-rounded. And a top program not only wants good scores, but they want someone well-rounded across the board. So if, if all you have is good scores and everything else is you know, floating around zero, that's a lot of red flags. It tells me you're not really someone who's a go-getter because you haven't done all the other things that all the other students have done. So like I said, red flag can be all of those things and you need to step it up and do some volunteer work, do some research, do some presentations. If you want to position yourself for anesthesia in general, especially at a top 30 program, like a university program, you got to do it. Well, I mean, everyone loves to apply to certain specialties. And that's why we go deep in these kind of answers because anesthesia. Why do you want to go into anesthesia? 
just like applying to a big top company like Google or any other companies out there, if all the applicants and candidates have MBAs and have X certain criteria as references and requirements, aren't you, are you going to apply to a job not having similar? That's the whole point, right? I mean, I think a lot of students aren't under, they're not, I, I don't blame them too much, but at the same time, you, you can Google and find everything out. That's the whole point. If you want to go into a competitive specialty, you have to be with the big boys and girls. If everyone around is applying with this and you only have this, how will you stand out? That's what we come in and we could show you. If you can't, you can't. You know, if, uh, that's the whole point. You have to think from now to position yourself. So because you like anesthesia, you're going to get into anesthesia. There's no, there's not, you know, no one's entitled to this, right? So you want to see are you in love with it or you actually love to pursue this? Two different things. And, and you know, if you're applying to anesthesia and or any any specialty for that matter, and you have no research or you haven't done any presentations, um, it shows me that you're not really all that dedicated. And like Dr. Stavros always says, you're more so in love with the idea of being an anesthesiologist with the practice of anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And that's a real big red flag. If I'm a program director and I get 500 applications and I'm gonna invite 30 people to interview, I am going to say, who has shown me, A, that they can handle the academic side of it, do they have decent scores, but also who has gone above and beyond to demonstrate their passion for the field, not just you know written in a uh, personal statement that anesthesia has been their dream. Honestly, if someone tells me this is my dream and I see no evidence of it except for what's come out of your mouth, then it doesn't really matter to me. I want to see the proof that you've done the work, taken the steps. I don't want to just hear you say you're passionate because anybody can say that. You know, a lot of people go into anesthesia because it's it pays very well. Okay, yeah. great. But there's got to be passion behind it beyond what it's paid. A lot of the people I know go into anesthesia actually enjoy the, the challenge of anesthesia because of what it is. Yes. The money is a great side effect of that, but you have to be passionate about the field first and foremost. And that has to come across in your CV. And to be quite honest, I don't see it here. And just some other red flags that people should be aware of aside from this, because no one thinks of these things, you know, if you've taken, if you've got gaps in your CV, so if you took a year off or two years off, have a very good reason why, and you have to be able to explain what that time off did to you to make you a better physician or more competent or better applicant. Yes. You can't just say I took a year off to study. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of people didn't. So how did that, how is that a positive? Um, you know, if you failed classes, if you've switched schools, all of these can be red flags, right? If you've got bad, bad uh, reviews from clinicals, these are all red flags, but everyone overlooks the most obvious ones, laziness, no yeah. research, no volunteer work, no presentations, do those things too. Make sure you don't have any other major red flags that everyone thinks of. Focus on the things that matter, and that'll put you in a good position. So I guarantee those watching and listening are like, you know what? Hold on, doctors. My school, it doesn't offer research. My school doesn't offer any kind of uh, opportunity in, in presenting um, uh, journals and getting things published. Okay, fair. But when you're in the hospital and you meet Dr. So-and-so as your preceptor, and then he might, you, then you start networking, as we tell students to do on social media and if not in the hospital, Who's to say you won't meet somebody who eventually can offer you a position to say, you know, you're a hard worker. And then you find out that they have a research position available, paid, unpaid, who cares? It's knowledge, right? You're getting paid with knowledge, getting paid with the LORs, so to speak. That's your reward. And that's the whole point. So don't allow your school, don't allow the thought of, well, school didn't offer me anything, so I don't have the opportunity. You always have the opportunity. It's just those out there are making the phone calls, emailing, texting, calling versus you like, well, I didn't have the opportunity given to me, 
no one knocked on my door, so I don't have any experience. There's a make big your difference. own opportunity. There's a big difference. Yeah, you have to. At this day, there's no excuse. You always hear us saying this, but maybe it was an excuse 10 years ago, even five years ago. But with social media the way it is now, the right approach with the right network, you can get anything you want. Now, I might say take some time. It might take two months, sure. four, six months, but you will get it guaranteed. That I can guarantee that. Just, just don't quit. Yeah, we get this question is thrown to me on Instagram almost daily. Sure. Uh, I'm a foreign medical graduate, and there's no research opportunities at my hospital. There well, is. Well, there might not be at your hospital, but there's opportunities out there. Next so I, say, I always say, have you tapped into your network? No. Um, well, I don't have a network. Why not? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to find a network. Well, yeah. it's, it's as easy as talking to people, reaching out to them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, meeting people. It's very simple to do. Is it easy? No, because it takes a lot of time and energy. But the more energy and time you put into this, the better the results. So there's research out there. The opportunities are there. You guys just need to go out and find them. Make your own opportunities. No one gave us the UPC. We created the UPC. Every business you see is just someone who decided, I'm going to make my own opportunities. The students who get these amazing rotations at awesome hospitals, they usually created those opportunities. They're there. You just have to want it bad enough. If we have another couple of seconds, one of the rotations sure. I had, Doc, I, I don't think I ever told you. I mean, hopefully students can, can hear this and take advantage of this. My school provided rotations, and I knew that there was a rotation that I wanted that they didn't have or wasn't strong or wasn't available at the time. So I went to the rotation I had, and I went to the, the preceptor in the hospital, the clinical coordinator, became friends with her, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then eventually I'm like, listen, I want to stay in the system. So I'm in, I'm in this hospital for this rotation. Can I get this rotation? She goes, I'll put you on a waiting list. I went every day, knocked on the door, emailed. She told me come at this time. She wasn't there. Two months later, I was able to get an elective that I really wanted because I said, I don't want to move to another state. I don't want to move to another. I like this hospital. So I showed that I, I really was gun ho on this. I really Persistence. wanted it. Yeah. That's all it was. And if she would have told me no 40 times, I would have gone 41 times. Like, all right, listen, tell me I want this spot. That's why I got the spot because I never, never took no for an answer. But I also knew the opportunity was somewhere in the hospital. I just had to wait and, pers and be persistent and be disciplined to do it on a daily basis. And I was able to get it. Or I would have said, okay, send me where you want to send me. I would have gone to a not that great hospital with a really poor um, rotation because I knew. I asked my students ahead of me. They go, don't go there because you only get an hour a day. It's a waste of money, waste of time. So I didn't want to just jump there. I went this way. That's the difference, connecting, networking, talking, guys. Use social media, please. You don't know how to do it? Reach out to us. We'll show you. Of course, right on that completely. Love it. Thank you all for listening. I hope you found that to be helpful. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at RealDrPaul and you could follow Dr. Stavros at RealDrStavros. I hope you found this episode to be helpful. If you did, please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and leave a review so we know if you're finding the show to be helpful. We thank you for listening to the show. We know that you could be anywhere right now, but you've decided to spend your time with us. And for that, we're forever grateful. Thank you all for stopping by. We'll see you on the next episode.